0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Nine Lives episode 24, the Christmas special. (laughs) Last podcast of the year, can you believe it? What a year this has been. I mean, absolutely just mind-boggling to me. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to take a little moment to thank you for listening. and Thank you for making this podcast the best part of my year. It really has been such a wonderful experience for me to grow an audience and to engage with you guys in this way, and I feel so connected. And to hear how much the episodes have helped you, to hear you out on your runs or your walks or going to the gym or setting boundaries, learning to love yourself, learning to embrace your your freaky weirdo ness, and I think it's wonderful the community that we've created and. Next year, I'm going to be doing some live, nine lives, events. Um, I'm going to do a couple panel talks, some meetups, uh, some walks. Uh, So that's going to be really exciting because I think it's important that we try to get together in real life because there's so many like-minded people who deserve to meet and I'm going to facilitate that. So I just wanted to say thank you very, very much for being here and yeah to be completely honest with you all I think I've healed a little bit through every episode it's been like a little therapy session for me um this has been incredible for my confidence not only as a person who has something to say but as a person who obviously works in the online fitness space and to have my worth placed a little bit on my appearance in the past was quite difficult for me and to now know that what I have to say is important and that my words mean something and that I mean something and that I think I have the power to invoke lasting change in people using only my words and I think that's really powerful and I think in today's age I think that's very special so thank you for being here and for holding space for yourself and and for me because the topics I speak about aren't easy and the stories I've told about myself are have been terrifying to be that vulnerable online and it's just been the most lovely reception I it feels like a huge warm hug every week when I read your responses or we chat and it's a yeah it's been a beautiful experience and it's been a lovely year and I can't wait for next year (laughs) all the plans I have for this podcast um so thank you yeah I don't know how many times I'm gonna say thank you but um yeah for every person listening who's been inspired to create some change in their life who's opened the door and tried something new who's challenged limited beliefs limiting beliefs and has found their beautiful weird I love you and Thank you for listening. So, we're going to just end this year on a high. We're going to do a QA because um, I thought, what better way than just run through a couple questions from the Nine Lives community? A um, couple, couple of them were repeating. Uh, so they were like FAQs so I'll just like run through those and then there's a few that are a little bit deeper um, but I'll just work my way through them so yeah Um, there's a few that are more personal questions so I hope that's okay that I speak a little bit about myself I don't want to waffle on too much about my own story or my own self because I don't want this podcast to ever become a self-indulgent diet diary entry you know I tell my story so that hopefully you can learn from my mistakes um or you can sort of start to tell your own story as well okay first question (laughs) so many questions about having children it seems to be the main thing um which is yeah that's crazy so where do you think you would be now if you hadn't made the decision to start running (laughs) I uh, don't know how morbid I'll get with this answer, but I don't think I'd be very well. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'm i not sure what I would have done if I hadn't found running, really. I've, through every run I've done, I've grieved parts of myself. I've grieved people I've lost. I've learnt everything. I've learnt how to be strong. I've learnt how far I can push myself and I've learned just how limitless we are as human beings and if I hadn't have found that I'm not entirely sure I'd be very well actually I know I wouldn't be very well so I don't know where I'd be but I know I certainly wouldn't be where I am now. Anne asked do you take the time to congratulate yourself for how far you've come? (laughs) Definitely not I don't do this um This is something I'm really trying to work on. I'm trying to be more present in my achievements and be a little bit more gracious with myself. I do have a habit of ticking things off and immediately setting a different goal or wanting to do more um, and not actually resting in the moment of like, wow, you did that. I struggle with the feeling of when good things happen that they're going to be taken away from me. So I don't tend to celebrate because then I just feel scared that if it does get taken away, then I'll feel really sad. I'll feel more sad. That's something I'm working on so New Year's resolution for me is to be a little bit kinder to myself and let myself actually like be happy in my achievements and sit and really I think because I because of the bullying I went through and the bad relationship that I was in before I whenever I would be proud of myself or feel excited about something I would always be told that I was stupid or what the, the things that I was excited about were silly and that I shouldn't be into them or that it was embarrassing that I was showing excitement or self-love so I'm still trying to get over those beliefs that have been put into me by other people by by the bullying that I went through so I'm getting there but it's difficult it doesn't come naturally to me to be like oh good job (laughs) I am very good at doing that with other people however um I literally yeah do that for a living so um but I'll try and get better with myself Marina asks thoughts on the loneliness that comes with changing larger aspects of your life, people you lose while in transition to your new version of self. So change or changing yourself can be one of the most lonely experiences in the world and I I've reframed it in my mind now from loneliness I just say solitude um because a lot of what I do I ha- I do it alone. I I am alone a lot. I you know, I train alone, um, I work alone, for most, for the most part, um, all of the race blocks that I did, I did alone. Um, so I think becoming comfortable in solitude is a very spiritual practice for myself. It's something that I really love. I love time with myself. I love time to reflect and learn things and push myself towards my goals. But it's very difficult in the beginning when you aren't quite there yet and you're not seeing the gifts of your hard work, shall we say, materialize. It can be very, very hard to be comfortable in that loneliness, especially when the people in your life are not aligning with your lifestyle choices. And or the most heartbreaking one is when you realize that they're holding you back, Um I lost, you know, I lost a lot of people. I've lost a lot of people and and none of them feel, none of them feel like huge losses simply just because I wish them so well and I know that they probably wish me well. But when you have nothing in common with someone anymore, it can be very, very difficult to nurture that relationship. All of my close friends, none of them are into running. uh, None of them are into fitness but I still have them. They're still my best mates because our friendships were based on us as human beings, you know, our chat and banter and experiences and what we've been through. So that's, you know, the real relationships, like my OG mates have stayed the same. But I have made new friends who are into running, who are entrepreneurs and do have like crazy big dreams for life and, you know, sometimes it can be very difficult when you're a dreamer or you're a little bit crazy and you like to do crazy things like I do. Um, It can be hard to find your people, but you will, you will eventually find them. Um, But I had a very lonely year in like 2021, I would say. It was very lonely. And I spent a lot of very tearful nights thinking like, am I doing the right thing? You know, all my mates are at the pub or they're all at this party and I'm staying in because I'm trying to work on my mental health and I'm trying to do this thing for myself where I get healthy and it can feel like a real crossroads and this idea of like balance between okay I still want to go out and see my mates but I still want to do this fitness thing it can feel like an impossible task and it's so individualized to each of us and our goals and our and our lives and our dreams and the pendulum I find can swing in the other way quite easily so if you come from someone who's like really into partying and you know you lose a lot of your mates and you swing it the other way and you just become a complete loner who just like wants to do these runs and So I've been on both sides and now I've found a really lovely balance in between. So I think there'll always be a slight pendulum swinging and it's just about letting it kind of come to the middle a little bit. But that loneliness, it's normal. It's normal. People are lonely. A lot of people are very lonely in this world. Um, But to find comfort in solitude and knowing that you will find what it is you're looking for in yourself in solitude can be very very comforting but it's you know it's normal to lose people that don't align with you and I had to say goodbye to a few people who they weren't really my mates they just wanted to drink with me or they just wanted party cassia Um, and that's okay but we had to say goodbye because that's a boundary that I needed to set for you know, my future life, my future self. Tan asks, any tips to manage the grief of wasted years? I've aged out of beautiful young people life things. Well, I would say that I certainly don't think anyone can age out of beautiful young people life things. I think there's beautiful people life things for the rest of your life. I, you know, the people I look up to the most are probably in their like 60s and my fiance's nan being someone I look up to in her 80s and I think she's a beautiful human and I think she's full of life um you know I think a wonderful life is for us all it doesn't have a look or an age at all like at all I turned 30 and that is so young 30 is like so young in eight days and um I mean I'm looking forward to the 30s and 40s being the best decades of my life ultra runners female ultra runners peak at an age of 44 that's when their best performance is I think there's so much beauty in I don't know why we live in a we live in a society but we have a culture where people think that teenagers and 20 people in their 20s are like the only people that can do anything um I think it's maybe perpetuated a little bit by social media but I think life is really beautiful at all ages and I have friends in their forties and fifties who like really close friends who are full of life and the best people I know have all been through some form of something in their life whether it's a big grief or you know a trauma or whatever it is and they've picked up the pieces and they've become who they are because of it and they've had second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances in life and I think the grief of those wasted years quote-unquote wasted because I, I don't see any of my years as a waste I think I was just going through something um, so that maybe I could learn more about myself and I think it taught me so much discipline as well being able to crawl out of that and now I have those tools and I have this way of thinking about life but I would reframe it as those years just being a chapter where you were just doing the best you could with the tools that you had at the time I think looking back is never the way to live your life you've got you know living in the present is obviously ideal but looking towards the future with a sort of like hopefulness is really all we have i mean isn't it and i think a lot of people are scared of getting older or scared of wasting time but mistakes are mistakes happen every single day everyone makes them. And the only certainty in life is that we will suffer and make mistakes, which I'm sorry to be so bleak, but it's true. And if you can just learn to suffer well um, and take mistakes as lessons instead of endings, you could change your whole life and your whole outlook in it. Like, you know, I look back on some of the years where there was stuff I did that I am so ashamed of and would never do now. And it's, yeah, I spoke about it in two episodes ago uh, some of those stories and while it does you know I get a little bit of ooh, feeling a bit sick when I think about it I know now I'll never do that again I never want to feel like that again you know I don't want to be around those kind of people I don't want to behave like that I don't want to treat myself like that and I certainly if I ever have kids will never you know, I mean, I have so many lessons to tell people now and so many things I can share and help and lend a hand with. So I don't think they are wasted years. You can change at any time. You can pivot. You can learn something. You can grow. You can do anything you want at any age. I have clients in their 50s. I mean, you know, my mum, she's in her, my mum and dad are in their mid, late 60s and they're changing their lives and being active and fit and you know my dad cycles my mom's trying to run it's it's beautiful to see and they're so full of life and i just think discounting chapters or regretting them we all just have one book and we're stacking up the pages and telling our stories and the exciting part is that Each chapter, or should we say life, if we're talking about nine lives, each one has the ability to be different. And that's so exciting. And I think that's why I'm so addicted to life (laughs) and living, because I know what it's like to not want to be alive. And that hope is what kind of keeps the human race churning, I believe. Hope for change and knowing that we just have this power for alchemy of change in our hands. And once you unlock it, anything is kind of possible. I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. Alex asks, what are some of your favorite ways to wind down on a Friday night? <laughs> so yeah, this is a big one. Um, for me, relaxing is something that I have recently had to take very seriously because I'm trying not to burn out currently. Um, and I guess because the way I used to wind down was by winding myself up, aka Drinking lots of vodka and Red Bull, playing very loud, heavy metal and going out for two days. So that's not really how we wind up nowadays. Um, I would say my biggest one is phone Phone goes off, laptop goes off, technology goes away. It's away. Um, I then would usually have like a cute little mocktail, whether that be like something gingery or a CBD, Kind of sparkling drink or tea. I'm a big tea lover. I love a cup of tea the best. Um, Honestly, I know it's probably really boring, but I really, really love just sitting on the sofa with Cowboy and my fiance and watching a film. I love reading. I really love um, fantasy uh, films, and I read a lot of comic books and graphic novels. I. yeah Dungeons and Dragons is another th- thing that I like, and I like designing characters for Dungeons and dragons. so um, I used to work in creature design, so I have like a big book of illustrations, and sometimes I'll just doodle and draw characters, blood elves, whatever, you know, um, just get lost in a fantasy world. I usually listen to like um Lord of the Rings playlist while I'm doing that light some candles and really just like allow my mind to completely escape from reality that's another way of winding down um mostly I would say just getting away from technology that's a big one big one birds know the freedom asks what is your most precious childhood memory Ooh. oh man oh this makes me so emotional talking about this stuff all inner child stuff is so yeah I would say any moments with my uncle my late uncle who I lost a few years ago who was a very special man to me and my family um and the and a big reason why I changed my whole life was because I lost him and I'm I miss him so much and I I think about him a lot. And anyway, he was a very special man and he inspired me greatly to be the weird and wacky Cassia that sits before you. He got me into Western films and um, he was very gentle and very strong. And I think just any memories with him, we used to play charades a lot uh, and he was fantastic at acting and we would be like a little team um and we would go away and then we decide what we're going to do and dress up and come out and perform for the family and he also used to sing um little cowboy songs to me and just so many dear memories with him and I wish I wish him and my grandma were here to see what I did this year but I actually imagine them being um at all of my race finish lines I always imagine my uncle there and my grandma um but especially my uncle uh because yeah i have a very small family and it got even smaller very suddenly and um so it's yeah it's quite yeah but any memories with him i think would say would be the most precious childhood memories and i uh yeah he was the one who called me cass first so now all my friends call me cass and you guys can call me cass too but uh yeah he's always he's always there floating over me when I'm running and at the finish lines and I like to think I'm kind of showing him the world and anyway um yeah just if you're feeling sad please speak to someone it's always better to speak to someone and ask for help um yeah okay moving on moving on can you tell us all the details of your tempo training sprints Oh man, I can indeed. Um, So I'm new to speed training and uh, I didn't understand anything about it until I got a coach um, who is uh, the lovely Finn, who is part of 444 Coaching. Um, And he has been teaching me all about how to run fast, how to get faster. And basically, the way that we split the runs up is uh warm-up zone two cool downs and then race pace so this would be like different for everyone but if we're talking uh my own splits it would be so like zone two would be like a 550 pace 550 kilometer race pace is a 530 pace five no 430 pace so that's what i'm going to attempt to run paris marathon at what on earth is going on if i do that i will anyway so the way that I usually split it up, say if we're doing like a workout, it would be like one kilometer warm up, which is like six thirty pace, uh, one kilometer zone two, one kilometer race pace, one kilometer zone two race pace, da 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 da, cool down until the end of the ten k. So that would be kind of like sprints intervals, and then a tempo might be like three kilometers warm up, four k race pay, race pace one kilometer uh zone two and then two kilometers cool down so there's lots of different ways of programming this yeah there's like lactate threshold training and you know because we're talking we're talking trying to shave off minutes from my time here so it's getting all very technical but I'm learning a lot it is amazing and um yeah I'm documenting the whole thing so it's it's very very exciting okay how often do you strength train Um, so I think a lot of people know me as the running girl which is always lovely because I guess I am now Um, but I strength train more than I run Um, I strength train three times a week it's always been three times a week I do three full body sessions a week have done for years Um, I think it's so important and I really think it's how I've stayed injury free um, because I'm really strong like properly strong. I do a lot of powerlifting stuff. Um, and I, you know, it does mean that I'm never going to be as fast as like someone who is just doing running and someone whose uh, body weight is going to be lower than mine. Cause I do hold a lot of muscle. Um, but I just love strength training so much. And the hybrid between running and strength has always been really important for me because they give me such different things in my life. Um, so yeah, three times a week. Never, I've never done anything too crazy with it. It's sometimes two times a week if I need to run a little bit more. Say I'm training for a race. So I'll probably do in the new year two strength sessions a week and four runs or three runs. I can't even remember. But it kind of ebbs and flows with what I feel like. And I have like workouts that I want to do in the week. But on the day I decide what I'm doing. So it just really is how I wake up and decide to do things basically. Hmm. Okay, Natalie asks, favorite game besides Red Dead Redemption? Well, Red Dead is obviously number one, but I would say The Witcher World Hunt is number two. Um, I love Geralt of Revere so much, and I love that game so much. And when I was having a very, very, very big depressive episode in the first year of university, that game slightly saved my life, being able to escape and just be in a different world. Um, and ride roach around all the different kingdoms was just very lovely and yeah I love that game I love there's a little indie game called Firewatch which is a beautiful play if you haven't played it it probably takes three hours maybe but it's such a lovely such a lovely game Life is Strange is another it's not indie anymore it was when it came out but Life is Strange is such a beautiful game really the soundtrack and everything's just really stayed with me um that was a lovely experience playing that um i actually i wrote a dissertation all about uh video games and how they help with ptsd and mental health um i'll try and find it maybe i'll do an episode all about it but um i'm really passionate about uh I it's a funny one gaming and escapism as a way to treat uh, mental health uh, problems uh, obviously the overuse of you know things that are like first person shooters I'm not keen on and I'm not saying that but there are a lot of things that have been shown uh, to help with PTSD and I think that's how I found Firewatch because Firewatch um I think was the one they did the study on and it helped soldiers with PTSD calm down and help regulate their nervous system so really fascinating stuff but yeah i i I love my i love my video game uh time i I haven't been giving myself enough time to do that so i'm hoping over christmas to find a new game and really dig in i just saw the gta 6 trailer came out and it's a girl oh my god just so excited for that so might have to book some annual leave when that game comes out and just churn it for like two days okay this is a this is a good question i think this is an important one Um, how to make a gym split program on your own. So I am someone who throughout my whole journey, I didn't have a coach, um, I was completely self-taught and remain (laughs) uh, someone who loves to program myself now that I am qualified and I've been coaching now for a little over two years um, and I have a lot of experience working with all kinds of different people uh, who want to do all kinds of different things and I also have a full team of like endurance coaches, strength coaches, nutritionists, counsellors, you name it. I work very closely with them and I've learned so much from them. But in the beginning, what I would say and how I <laughs> how I structured it, I had a notepad full of, you know, just like my journal. I would advise at first to stick to a split that is realistic for you. So don't jump into anything crazy. If you are going to work out at home, best thing ever. I loved working out at home. Still love working out at home. I would say doing something like, Um, all I did in the beginning was an upper, upper body and a lower body and a full body. So that was three times a week. And I always did it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that was it. And then I tried to maybe walk in between. And I just stuck to that for like, I think I kept that up for like six months, seven months until I then started to like, think about okay I kind of want to work on my shoulders or maybe I want to work on my hamstrings and then I started to educate myself a little bit more on what progressive overload is or you know more advanced training systems but in the beginning what will always win and I know I've said it a million times is consistency if you do something consistently and you have patience and you don't you don't expect to see results straight away and you're doing it because you want to you know, better yourself and and create a space for yourself for change. Then I would say three times a week at home, you're gonna be golden. Start with that. There are so many resources online, free papers, free YouTube videos, all about what is progressive overload. Um, what is a five day beginner workout split? What is a uh, a way to get stronger at home? There's so much out there. And I mean, I hope this podcast helps too. Um, I have some posts all about um, how to structure a workout like a personal trainer. Um, I think it's just about uncomplicating it, finding what you love, what you engage with and skipping exercise you, exercises you hate. For example, everyone's obsessed with Bulgarian split squats. Hate them, hate them, will never do them. I know there are some athletes that need to do certain exercises because, you know, you need to, I get it. I understand some people don't have the luxury of being able to skip things they don't like I just am one of those people that I won't do it like I don't like doing those exercises I like doing deadlifts and running (laughs) that's what I like so I've stuck to it and I'll always stick to it because I love it right but I discovered that through trial and error of doing these workouts at home and being like oh I really love the way that deadlifting makes me feel I love that I can be slightly dramatic about it and listen to heavy metal and I love how running makes me feel I love the freedom that I get with it I love the journey and the adventure so i would say stick with that find what you love and keep doing it keep repeating it educating yourself you know we live in a time where information is free and out there and accessible and it's amazing so you know um yeah just go for it see what sticks and keep trying okay kate asks did you ever experience a plateau in weight loss or motivation can you please discuss discuss love you so much I love you too Kate so yeah oh my god so many um I think my longest weight loss plateau was like six or seven months I think it was like six months um in 2020 um yeah I just wasn't really I am. I wasn't really worried so much about weight loss I think um like I wasn't really weighing myself a lot and I didn't I don't think I've had a very normal weight loss journey like the ones you see online where people are like they have the graphs of like I lost this much and it went like that and you know Um, I naturally plateaued because I had times in my life where I was more concerned with being with my mates like out of lockdown or um, yeah like I went through a bit of a sad girl time um, because (laughs) uh situation with the boy uh in like 2020 um so I stopped working out and I went back into my dungeon mind sad palace um (laughs) and I yeah I just plateaued like a lot during that time and yeah the way that I kind of got out of it um it just naturally happened because I just I got my motivation back and I started really looking after my mental health again and started Walking again. I think a lot of people see plateaus as being like the end of the world. And I understand. I understand. It's so frustrating when you feel like you're doing everything and you're applying all this pressure and you're doing all the right things and you're not seeing the results. I understand how demotivating that can be. And I was there like for months, you know, but... I think if you take a little step back and you realize and I say this to clients a lot as well like there will be times where you see no change on the scale there are going to be times where you don't see physical progress or performance progress or anything and it's going to feel like you're churning you're just walking through treacle but what you don't realize is that when you're on this journey there's so much going on internally as well as externally like your organs are feeling happier, your mental health is better, your cognitive function is like working better, you're learning how to be disciplined, you're learning to be self-motivated. There are so many things going on that within that plateau, you could be still learning if you kept going. The one way to make sure you won't break a plateau is if you give up or you throw in the towel. Um, If we're talking like technical things, I would say a big thing I did was take diet breaks. So, you know, if you're watching what you eat and you know you're doing a whatever nutrition thing under the right guide guide guidance um sensibly then something I did was like right this isn't working and I don't want to have to be so focused on nutrition I'm going to take a diet break and I'm gonna just like have a bit of time off you know like because when you're on these journeys especially if you're someone who starts in my position which was a huge mammoth undertaking standing at the bottom of everest looking up and being like there's so many things that i have to get over in order to do this taking a little rest like if we're imagining walking up a mountain and you've got all your little tents and rest like just go to the aid station and just hunker down for a little bit have you know a few foods that you love go out with your mates take a breath like let your body kind of relax a little bit and then come back at, at it with like a fresh new approach i would say that's one of the one of the main pieces of advice I can give um because if you keep restricting and you keep dialing down in yourself you're just going to stress yourself out or damage your metabolism and if you are coming at it from a place of like I have to lose weight to be happy or my day is decided by the scale or whatever progress I've made I'd say that's an opportunity to look inside and ask yourself why you know my happiness shouldn't be determined by my weight obviously um You know, so I think that's a good opportunity opportunity to do some soul searching within your journey as well and try to find your why as to why you're doing it. And like I always say, the moments of happiness I feel now crossing the finish line of these races, doing these deadlifts or business things, anything that pure, brilliant happiness is the same happiness I felt when I ran half a kilometre for the first time when I first fit into a pair of jeans I could never have dreamt of. You know, little wins along the way, they're all there. And when I had these plateaus, I was feeling so great. Anyway, I was at the pub with my mates being like, I've got a brain that works and my mental health is feeling so much better and I'm celebrating that about myself. So plateaus don't have to be the end of the world. You can just see it as an aid station, a little rest, a little camp. (laughs) Okay. How uh, did you meet your fiance? Does he help you in your journey? His grandma set us up. I think I've told this story on the podcast, so I don't want to repeat myself. But his grandma set us up. Uh, met him at a time that I wasn't interested in dating. But as soon as I saw him, I kind of knew like, OK, <laughs> he's great. Um, and yes, he does. He helps me. Uh, I say he helps me a lot with my alcohol-free journey because he's sober and he showed me how wonderful the world can be sober and because I was very scared of not being fun um so he's taught me a lot about life without alcohol um because he has his own story and and he will come on and tell it um he's an amazing man he's very spiritual very calm everyone that meets him is like I just feel so calm around him um which for me was a huge thing because my relationships were very chaotic and very damaging before so it's been lovely to be meet someone who's just so calm and doesn't want anything from me he just wants me to be calm and happy so it's lovely um but he you know he 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 has a very important job he's a conservationist he works very long hours and we hardly have time really off together and he works weekends I work you know our work schedules are a little mental so he doesn't support well he isn't able to support me with any career stuff um which is absolutely fine because he has his own career and I think we have our own voc- vocations we both love We're he's so passionate about helping animals and I'm so passionate about helping humans and sometimes we lose ourselves in trying to save people and animals all the time and we have discussions about how we need to have better boundaries with work but then we get carried away because it's our vocation and we love it and yeah, so, you know, we are we are a very busy household. Um but sometimes we train together if we have time and we're hoping, you know, that the life we're building now means that when we're older we can have uh, a lot of time off together and yeah. But he's he's lovely and um yeah, I'd love for you guys to get to know him a bit better, but he doesn't have social media and he's very private, so maybe one day, hey. Um okay, last couple questions. Melania asks um have you ever suffered suffered with panic attacks? Uh, yes, I have. Really bad panic attacks, actually. Um, I had them really badly at university um, and at school as well. I haven't had a big one for a long time. The last time I had a panic attack was probably a few months ago, and it's always related to burnout for me. Um, I do a lot of different full-time jobs, and <clears throat> I will accidentally and this is something I'm I know I'm very open about trying to still work on myself but I don't give myself time to myself and I have to force myself and then sometimes I get really overwhelmed by people needing me which is such a lovely feeling and I'm so grateful for it but sometimes when you're not feeling great it can feel like a like a lot and then it all it like bubbles up and bubbles up and bubbles up and then it it just explodes and um Those I have a handle on and I have really good support system around me. The ones that I had at school were, I didn't know what they were, but I would go into the toilet usually after someone saying something nasty to me or just, uh, my mind at school felt like an atomic bomb and it felt like either it was going to explode and I was going to hurt myself or hurt other people. And these panic attacks would happen when when that was like bubbling up to the point that my head would start hurting. Um, And I now know i now know that that's because i you know i yeah anyway i have things in my brain that it yeah that i needed help with um and i couldn't process information properly but um i have suffered with them and i still i'm sure i'll have another one at some point in my life um they're very scary they're really really scary and especially i can be so irrational when they're happening um because i'm quite a rational person but when they are happening it's difficult um but we're all just humans trying to work it out, and um, you know, if you do think you are suffering from panic attacks, uh, please ask someone for help. Ask your doctor. Tell a friend. Um, there's medication. There's uh, CBT. There's lots of lots of different ways of working around panic and anxiety disorders. So please, please, please get the help that you need and deserve. Non fitness related goal for 2024. Love this question. Um, Okay, so I think by the time this podcast comes out, my app will have launched, which is really exciting. So 444 are officially on the App Store, um, which is a big thing. Very exciting. Um, anyway, 2024 for me is all about helping people and doing it in real life. So I want to organize panel talks, I want to organize uh, run clubs, race days, sober socials, lots of different things in the works um, for me to be able to give back to this community basically. Um, So reinvesting into days where we are able to meet up share our experiences meet like-minded people push ourselves learn grow all of these things and I just want it to be a year that's filled with more real world things for me the online space isn't sustainable for me and my mental health and I've come to terms with that fact now and I'm able to better manage it with my new boundaries but I crave people, like being around people and I'm a great people person. I'm a people lover and I'm a collector of people and I love hugging everyone and being with people and feeling people's energies and I need to be around you all. <laughs> I need to meet you and going to this event last weekend when I did the panel just really just showed me how much I love it and how much I want to do that for 444. So we have an amazing, anyway, I've I've hired a bunch of new people uh for the business who are going to start next year we're really growing it's like 20 of us now um but we're going to have a a lot of community things coming up so keep an eye out um yeah but that's my goal is just to meet and help people as much as possible basically um Okay, I will answer one more and then we will leave it there. There are so many good ones, I feel awful not answering them all. Okay, tips for running in winter, how to motivate yourself. Big one, this seems to be a repeat question. So, I love running in winter. Winter was when I started running. The first run I went on was like cold and icy um, in Scotland. (laughs) So cold, like minus three. Um, I love it. I love the crisp air and the moodiness of it. I love the darker evenings. I know not everyone does. So, you know, I know a lot of people find it a time that's really hard to motivate yourself. So my best tip and piece of advice for this is visualizing and aligning yourself to your goals of your future self, meaning everything I do now, even if I don't want to do it, I know I have to get on with it. Because 2024 Cassia is waiting for me on the other side. So, whether that's working long hours on my business, going for runs when I don't feel like it, or anything, I know that Paris Marathon is there, and I know that I have business goals that are there that I'm only going to get to and celebrate if this Cassia right now does it. And a lot of the time you have to take emotion out of this sort of stuff. So doing things like laying out your kit the night before. So if you know you're running early morning, get that head torch laid out. I know I know. to a lot of people it feels miserable to have to put on a head torch in the cold and dark and rain and go running at 6 a.m. It, I know it sounds miserable. I have learned to love it because I really, really like hard things. However, I know that not everyone's at that place yet. But I'll tell you, if you're listening and you're like, that could never be me, yes it can. The first time you do it, you will come home and be like, I'm the most amazing person on earth and I can do anything. And I think putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and showing yourself that you can do something is so important for human growth. It's so important. And then the next time you do it, you have that memory stored in your brain of, I did that, I'll do it again. I'll do it three times a week I'll do it as many times as I need to before you know and then I'll get to my goal and when you're at your goal the most beautiful part of standing there whether it be a race or a business venture or whatever is you can look back at all of those grueling hours you spent when it's just you and it's you against you you against the front door (laughs) and you know that I got up I put the shoes on and I got out in the dark in the cold and I put those workouts I stacked those workouts on top of each other one on top of each other and I got to the goal that I wanted to there is no better feeling in the world than looking back and being proud of what you've done no better feeling in the world so I would say have a firm word with yourself about what you want your future to look like and ask yourself are my actions aligning with that future and if not how do I get myself to do that Motivation comes and goes. Discipline will be forever. And discipline is like a muscle. The more you flex it, the stronger it gets. And yeah, there are going to be mornings where you're going to have to give yourself a talking to and stare in the mirror and be like, get out. <laughs> I do it all the time. Or I have the three, two, one rule. So something that I know I need to do, but I don't want to do it and I'm procrastinating. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, do it. Three, two, one, write the email. Three, two, one, get out the door, you know? Because I'll do so. <sighs> play around with electrolytes or fiddle with my music or uh, I mean any number of things before actually getting out and starting the run. But as soon as you start it and you get past the first kilometer, which is always hell, <laughs> um, no matter how much of a seasoned running you are, then you'll be, you'll be on your way. And then halfway through the run you're gonna be like, this is beautiful. I'm so happy I'm out here. I'm so happy. So yeah. Okay, last question, then I'm gonna end it. Um would you ever do an RN Man in the future? Yes. Yes, 100%. I think that might be one for my late 30s because I'm an awful swimmer, (laughs) but I'm willing to learn. Um, If I taught myself to run, I'll I'll teach myself to swim. But an Ironman, yes, before I die, 100%. Got an Ironman, um, some proper ultras. Uh, Oh, just so many dreams that, yeah. Just how exciting that life is so boundless and you can just, I know, like right now I couldn't do an, an Ironman, but if I apply the right pressure, I will in a few years. How exciting is that? I mean, God, I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to end it there. Um, I hope I answered those questions. I don't, it was useful. Yeah, I hope so. I am going to head to the gym now and do my Paris training. But this is the last podcast of the year. So I know I said it at the beginning, but thank you so much for being with me this year. Um, it's been a complete joy and pleasure to see this grow and to see this listenership grow and you're all amazing and your messages every day do not fail to make me cry so keep them coming I love you all so much um thank you for being here with me all right I will leave us with the last poem uh this is actually an excerpt I don't know if it's a poem um but it's my favorite one and I really wanted to save it for the last one of the year this is by Albert Camus. He said, in the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy, for it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. I'll leave it there. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I will see you all in 2024. Love you always. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful festive season. All my love. And I'll talk to you soon.